With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now it's our family-friendly flooring sale. Save up to $1,000 and take advantage of our 24-month special financing on our stain-resistant carpet and stylish luxury vinyl at Flooring America. Sale ends soon, so come in today. Hawkeye fans for another edition of the prospect podcast. I had to think there for a second. I've got all kinds of different podcasts that I do here. So I wanted to make sure I got the right one. Um, it is uh, Friday, January the 10th, uh, early afternoon that we were recording this. And today's guest is Mason Richmond, offensive lineman from Stillwell, Kansas. Uh, Mason will be here in a couple weeks when uh, Iowa resumes school um i think it's after martin luther king day but uh yeah it's coming quick so um welcome to the podcast mason how you doing today i'm doing great thanks for having me rob yeah it's great to talk to you um because we're not going to be able to talk to you now for another year and a half once you get to campus. <laughs> that's exactly right I'm trying to get all this out of the way you know yeah so it'll be good to get uh, some Iowa fans uh, getting to know you a little bit before uh, you go into hiding and into Doyle's dark room and, and getting yourself ready for, for the playing field. Um, exactly right. So what, uh, let's start there, Mason. What, what led to you deciding, I know this is a, a, it's a tough decision for some guys, whether to not finish that last half of their senior year and, and enroll in college or getting right early and get that early start what went into your decision and how did you arrive at it um you know one of the bigger things for me uh was just that uh I felt the need to you know kind of get started um in a, in a new chapter of my life and uh um it, it wasn't going to matter where which college I chose I kind of because uh I had to get the forms in um to my counselor uh April of last year 2019 oh, okay. um, during my junior year um, so this decision has been kind of made for a while. Um, I think the main thing was I was, I'm just ready, um, for my next, my next chapter and, uh, high school. It's, it's not boring to me necessarily, but I just feel like, um, this next semester wouldn't, wouldn't exactly be helping me. It wouldn't be hurting me, but, um, I think I could be helped more if I just, uh, went ahead and enrolled early. Um, so, uh, turn in the forms and, uh, just got, just getting mentally prepared right now, uh, being at home every day and my friends all being at school. Um, I think recently, um, I've had a little bit of, uh, not, not regret per se, but you know, I get, I get these events coming up for high school and I'm like, dang, you know, I'm not going to be a part of that. And, uh, I was a basketball player too. Um, and our team's doing okay. They, they could use a big man right now. Um, <laughs> cause I, I think I would have played, uh, gotten significant, significant minutes, um, if I would have played, but, uh, you know, football's my future and I just, I really just can't wait to get up there and, uh, definitely, 
this decision is one of the bigger ones in my life um, as of now. Yeah, so basketball you had to kind of uh, walk away from. Did you play – were you track and baseball or any of that stuff too that you'll you'll miss this this spring? No, 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 no. I, um, I played track as a freshman, um, and then I hurt my shoulder my sophomore year, so I just kind of gave up on that because I was a, throw, a throws guy. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball, that was given up at a young age. I just – I wasn't built for it, you know. I'm, I'm just too big for it, I think, in my <laughs> mind, especially now. Um, my strike zone's a little big, you know, for those pitchers, and they kind of take care of me like that. Um, but yeah, no, I wasn't a spring sport kind of guy, just basketball and football. Um, so yeah. You know, Tristan Wirfs and Tyler Linderbaum both played high school baseball. Yeah, I know. I, I know they, <laughs> they, they, those guys are pretty good athletes. Uh, I've seen three sport, four sport. I'm like, Oh my, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, just two sports for me. That was enough, especially for my mom during travel basketball season and everything. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I played. I, I start. I I actually gave up football, but people don't want to. Oh hear yeah, my, my life story. Yeah, I. Oh, I, I want to hear it a little bit. <laughs> now nah, I stuck with basketball and baseball. I figured okay. my body was getting beat up enough, so I. St- but I'm old now, so my body's beat right. up anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I I understand that is that's just it's kind of a grind to just go from sport to sport to sport and. Uh, right. I I got to think now for you being able to just focus on this one sport that maybe that gets you to at least the hope is that it gets you to where your ceiling is. Right. Right. I think, um, you know, this past summer, um, I told my basketball coach and I don't need to spend too much time talking about basketball, obviously, but, um, I told him I, you know, wasn't going to be on the team just cause I wasn't going to be there next semester and there's no point of holding the spot for me. Um, so this summer, uh, this past one, I really worked on football a lot. And I think, you know, I was more physically prepared. I was at at least my peak in high school, of just like physicality. And I think, you know, just the summer of just working on football stuff and training um, really helped me um, try to at least get closer to my high school ceiling. Um, But yeah, obviously in college, it's going to be a different animal, you know, even more with Doyle and uh, all those strength guys up there just working me out and trying to get me to my, my ceiling, like you said. So um, you talked about playing baseball a little bit at a younger age and and basketball up, up until last year. Um, what was football always number one for you? Is that, you know, was that always your top sport? And, and at what point, I guess, during your athletic career to this point, did you realize that you had a chance to play at the next level? Right. Right. Um, so, you know, you know, basketball was, it's always a fun game. Um, I think that was probably, if, if I want to say my number one sport for a while there, um, you know, I was always the big kid, and I mean, as much as I wanted to dribble the ball, I wasn't probably as good as that at that um, as I was. But um, you know, I I don't want to say I gave up on basketball, but you know, I think football just kind of took over for me. And I realized um, around my junior year, um, I got my first scholarship offer December of my junior year, and um, it was Illinois State, um, great coaching staff. But they, uh, you know, they they told me I could be a great player, and I think. You know, some kids start getting recruited sophomore year, high school, freshman year. You know, I went to one football camp um, of my summer going to my junior year. And really, you know, it, it was just for fun. It was North Dakota State. My, my parents were just huge fans. And I figured, you know, that's my that's my Alabama or my, you know, greatest place I can get to. Um, and then once I just kind of started getting these scholarship offers uh, last spring, um, you know, I realized how much football could open up doorways for me that, you know, 
getting an education and a four-year degree at a great school and, you know, helping me get started on life without having to worry about um, college payments and all that. So, uh, you know, football, I think, really took over for me in high school. Um, and I started growing. Well, I started growing, but I realized, you know, basketball is not going to make it too far for a 6'6 white guy who weighs 260 <laughs> right now. Um, so really, I think I kind of gave up on that too, realizing football is going to make the most out of my size and uh, my athletic abilities. And, you know, initially, I, I, and I correct me if I have this wrong, most schools saw you as a defensive end or a defensive lineman. Right. Um, was that just because that's where you played more in high school or, or is that kind of what you wanted to do? How, how did that come about? And then kind of how, how did the offensive line uh, become a factor for you? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this would have been, so Illinois state was my first offer. You know, they offered me as D line and they said I could play where, you know, tight end D line O line. He, he said he kept all the doorways open for me. And um, you know, I, I always pictured myself playing D line just cause that's what I, my coach in high school moved me to. Um, you know, I was D, DN tight end cause I was a little scrawny kid as a freshman. Well, not scrawny, but skinny. Um, and you know, I pictured myself as a D, DN, you know, JJ Watt type of guy, uh, basically my whole high school life. And then, you know, I realized my size right now, you know, I was sitting at 250 my friend, my uh, junior year. Um, and I realized, you know, colleges, they, they're going to put 30 to 40 pounds on me. So, you know, it's going to be hard to play DN in college you know, being a big old 280, 290 guy sure. um, of just pure muscle. Um, so I think, and then more and more colleges were like, well, we like you at three tech. And, you know, I, I realized I made most of my plays my junior year at three tech um, on the D line. And really that, that became my highlight and everything. And then, you know, a couple schools were like, well, this is actually funny, you know, that's uh, North Dakota. They were like, you know, we're looking at you at O-line. And I go, I don't want to play O-line. Are you kidding me? I don't want to be a big old fat guy. You know, no, get, doesn't get the ladies, gets no love and everything. Um, and uh, I was like, ah, I'm good. And, you know, I just kind of ignored him a little bit for a while. And um, just kind of, you know, my mind was set on D-line D and tight end, you know, being one of those guys. And um, so then it was, you know, as, as I kept moving up, uh, from like FCS and D2 to um, D Division One, Power Five, and the mid majors, um, you know, I started moving closer and or I started moving inward on the D line and kind of out. I don't want to say outward on the O line, but uh, <laughs> they were looking at me as tackles, um, you know, because they like my athletic abilities. Because um, I think now they're trying to look for more athletic offensive tackles who can go against these D linemen who are just becoming freaks, like you know, Chase Young and all these guys, you know, you get, you need athletes on the outside instead of, I mean, wrestlers and everything. Those guys are important too, but you know, you need some athleticism in there. Um, so that's what these coaches were looking at me as. And um, as I moved up to power five, you know, they started looking at me at O-line. I'm like, all right, mom, I'm probably going to have to start <laughs> thinking about playing that, I guess. And um, you know, at the first days it was like, God, why am I doing this? And then um, eventually, I, you know, I'm getting used to it and I, I actually love it now. And I, I love the idea. Um, you know, cause I, as no lineman, you get to hit some, you get to hit the D lineman. The D lineman's got to wait for you to make a move to, to a, they're like reactive and you're more, you know, making a move for yourself. And I think, right. you know, that's an advantage. And I, I just can't wait to, you know, finally learn how these guys just do it against me. Um, so that's kind of my story on at least position wise and recruiting. And let's talk about, um, 
uh, how Iowa got, how and when Iowa got involved with you. I guess it was Kelton Copeland who, who led the the recruitment of you, um, and I'm sure you know Coach Polasek and the Ferences and everybody else were involved too. But uh, kind of tell us the story of how Iowa got involved and uh, how things advanced with the Hawkeyes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, this past spring, um, right of my spring of my junior year. This is just where I, I know I keep referring to my junior year, but that's just where all my recruiting was. Obviously, sure. I committed. I committed before my senior year started. Um, but you know, I get coaches that come in and they go, "Well, we want you, Mason." You know, offer me scholarships and everything. And um, you know, they, they were smaller schools, and I'm like, "All right, I'll think about it." And you know, I actually was at the time, and um, that's honestly where I pictured myself. And uh, all of a sudden, one day, this. This uh, coach from Iowa, uh, Coach Bell, he, he's the D-line coach, obviously. Sure. Um, he texts me, and he goes, Mason, uh, how are you doing? Coach Copeland gave me your number. Um, they were trying to get me to come up to a junior day during the spring, and I just couldn't do it. Um, and I figured they wouldn't offer me a scholarship, and uh, and I just didn't think the time would be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came in. You know, He took his time out of uh, his schedule of re- traveling and recruiting everyone. And Coach Bell came in, and he goes, he showed me, you know, the roster, the projections and everything. And he uh, recruited me and he's like, well, we want you to come to camp. And, you know, any any recruit who was like, oh, crap, this coach just wants me to come to a camp or whatever. You know, he's not going to offer me a scholarship today. You know, that, that's kind of a, they kind of get, you know, a little bit in their feelings, you know, at least most recruits do. And, uh, sure. you know, I heard it and I was like, you know, this is this is kind of an opportunity for me, I think, um, at least going forward. And uh, I was talking with my dad and my trainer. They're like, if you get an Iowa scholarship, you got you to really consider because they take guys, you know, who are 6'5", you know, 250, and they make them into beasts on D-line, tight end, O-line. They take guys like you and they make them, you know, they develop you so well that uh, it would be a hard offer to pass. And um, so the camp was – would have been June 1st um, or June June 2nd. I had a – I went to Iowa State the day before and – killed it there but you know they they didn't look at me and it's their loss anyways um so the next <laughs> day you, you know i traveled well, did no. you work did you work at on at offensive or defensive line at iowa state uh just defensive line and okay. i really just i you know got by like i really dominated everyone and i was really expecting something they didn't do it but that's neither here or there i don't really care anymore <laughs> but the next day you know i drive the what is it hour and a half two hours to iowa city um, stayed in the Hilton, got up and went to camp, or I went to, you know, did a tour of the facilities before camp started that day with coach Bell and then, um, got to camp, uh, did really well at D line. Um, I don't think I did well enough. You know, I didn't do, I was a little bit tired from Iowa State. I was giving my all, um, at least that day. Um, cause they, they, they were the bigger school in my mind at the time. Cause I was like, well, they recruited me more. And I went to a junior day there and, you know, Iowa, you know, just came on late and, I went to the camp and did really well. You know, I, after the camp, I talked to Coach Bell and um, my and Coach Copeland, um, who's still, you know, obviously a good friend of mine now and my coach. Um, and, you know, we just chatted about the camp and, you know, the future going forward and everything. And he goes, um, so we really liked what you did as D-line. And Coach Bell said he did really well. Um, but uh, Coach Bolsek, you know, he was looking at you and <laughs> – Coach Bell going into the camp was warning me. He's like, you know, those are line coaches. They steal all the recruits from me. They uh, watch them and then go, oh, yeah, he's an O-line. Let's get him over here. And Coach Ferentz, 
uh, kind of favors that a little bit more is what he told me. Um, <laughs> but uh, we uh, chatted for a bit and I talked to Coach Polsek and he's like, you did really well. And I, I didn't even do a single O-line drill, uh, believe it or not. Really? And, you know, uh, no. And uh, he just, you know, they just see things that, you know, the other coaches can't really see. Um, and I think that's, you know, one of the higher qualities of those men. Um, but he watched me and he's like, yeah, we really liked it. And uh, we'll try to get on the phone this week, um, you know, deciding – uh, scholarship offers or where, where we go from here. Um, you wanted to come back for a visit or something. So I go, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And I, I really, you know, like I said, you know, when kids get invited to camps and they don't get their scholarships, you know, they feel a little bad. But after that, I just, you know, after talking with them, I was like super excited, you know, for this next phone call and um, just going forward with them. You know, they were just such good people to me and uh, treated me well. Um, so really, you know, I had a different feeling with this school than I had had with other schools. Um, let's see. So that brings us to, uh, June, what is it? Third, uh, third or fourth. And, uh, we were, we had just got done working out at the high school at 6am or whatever it was. Um, just got done running. Uh, and I, and coach Pulsick was texting me in the morning. He's like, here, give me a call right now. So I gave him a call and, uh, they offered me a scholarship and, uh, I, you know, I was like, I was like, no, I'm not, not even joking right now. I have a fist pumping in the air. Um, <laughs> when I was on the phone with them and I was super excited. My friends all laughed at me and stuff. And I told them and, um, they were all excited. And I told my head coach and he's like, I bet you're one happy kid right now. I go, I am. This is like the, be the best I've felt about any of these before. Um, you know, just, just cause of the, the great, they were just so, they were awesome with me at the camp and they had treated me so well. Um, so, you know. I got that, you know, took a couple, took a week and, you know, I wasn't getting any interest from any other, other, other schools, especially Iowa state. You know, they were just sleeping on me as the recruits like to say nowadays. Um, I gotta hate that phrase, uh, <laughs> but he, they were, you know, they just didn't talk to me and I was giving everyone a chance and I'm like, you know, these guys really believe in me and I believe in them to, you know, take use of me. And one of my official visit, I really, really, really wanted to commit then and there. Um, but K-State was still talking to me and they wanted me to come to an official visit too. They, they were on me for years and I, cause I went, like I said, I went to the North Dakota state camp, um, uh, when coach Kleinman was still there Right, right. and they knew me and knew everything about me and they just wouldn't do anything about it. So I'm like, you know, snooze you lose as people say or whatever. And, uh, uh, just went ahead and committed, uh, what was it? Three days after my official, which is kind of weird, you know? Cause you expect a kid who uh, at least goes on the official to think about committing then and there, like some of uh, the guys in my class did um, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I gave it three days. I'm like, yeah, coach, I just got a, I was talking to coach Ferentz. I'm like, I just, I, I don't know if I can do it right now and whatever. And they're like, yeah, well, you just take your time and whatever. And whenever you come to decision, just let us know. Um, and just three days later, I'm like, I, I, I can't, I just picture myself being a Hawkeye and, and everything. And um, three, uh, what was it? June 12th committed so we're looking at uh i don't know coach bell visited me in school time so that was like may 25th or something like that and yeah you know we're looking at only like a two or three week recruitment um and it just you know <laughs> it's just crazy how fast it was and how much you know what they said to me meant that much that in three two or three weeks i just already committed um so it was definitely one of the shortest but it was just the best recruitment i got from any of the schools and obviously made my decision and that kind of brings us to the today recruitment wise with them. So, yeah. And that's, you know, what, what I think what most prospects want, they want 
you know, that feeling to find the right fit. And then that feeling that this is, this feels like home and right. Whether it's two weeks, three weeks or two or three years, you, you know, it's it, everybody's timeline is different. So, right. Right. I was gonna, you know, I was going to commit before my senior season, but my coach is just like, you'll just get a gut feeling. I'm sure when, whenever you think about committing and, you know, I got it with them. So. Mason, I saw that, uh, that Kansas offered you too. And that's kind of the home state school. Kansas state did not offer, correct? Right. They did not. Well, they said they would have, if I just kept going with it, but I just couldn't wait any longer. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. What, how much of a factor was Kansas? Um, I, I don't like to, you know, speak bad on anyone, but, um, they were kind of a non-factor. I had to, I had a, I went to a couple visits with them, you know, and I realized, you know, I was just kind of one of the kids, you know, they just brought on a recruiting visit just to show, well, we got 70 recruits here, you know, at our spring game. And yeah. I was just one of the outside kids that they weren't really talking to where, well, there were two kinds of lanyards there. There was a red lanyard and a blue lanyard. The kids who weren't going to talk to had blue lanyards and the kids who were had red lanyards and got a tour of the, facilities and everything and the other kids were just there for the spring game so I had a blue lanyard and I mean you know that's just the things you notice as a recruit um at least if you're really bought into the process and everything and um I noticed it and I just realized you know and they had a new staff and everything and I was giving them time but you know I just you know I I I couldn't think picture myself there um you know and I know it's weird because it's my home state so where half of all my friends are going anyways including my best friend so um you know, it was hard for me. And I, I'm still a K, slightly a KU basketball fan. I've tried to watch every game that they got, but um, they were just kind of a non-factor in my recruitment. No, that's interesting. That's interesting that they would take the approach that they're – it's almost like a classification process. You're in this right. class, you're in that class. And right, no. That can't yeah, make you feel real good if you're in that the class that they're basically putting on the back of the bus. Nope, it was a long – well, not a long, but a long 40-minute ride home from – campus you know so with mom and dad in the car kind of upset but um yeah I just took them too long couple visits and they didn't offer me after the second one and I really didn't get it and my coach kind of had to force their hand to do it which if you got to force anyone to do anything they don't want to I don't know you know they really even want you you know right so So let's uh let's uh, let's move on from the Jayhawks Uh, right right (laughs) Um, so you're going to get here in a few weeks. You're going to go through winning training and then spring football. Have you thought about what you want to accomplish this coming semester and then moving through the summer and then into the fall? Um, yeah, so I think the biggest thing will be with me, um, will kind of be weight gain and obviously, um, learning a brand new position that I've, I haven't played since seventh grade or something like that. When I had a big old red sticker on my helmet at (laughs) youth games. Um, but it's uh it'll be a process i'm gonna try um at least my goals you know they'll have goals for me once i get there and obviously they'll have a plan um one of my goals is kind of just put on like 30 pounds or so um by the time i come back to uh overland park or kc for graduation um 30 pounds of good muscle or something like that um you know and obviously this fall i'm pretty sure i'm gonna red shirt um you know bearing any unusual changes but i'm just brand new to playing o-line unless I just, it just clicks right away mm. um i think that's kind of the plan you know those coaches and i and i'm kind of taken with it um and yeah just work out and just have an open mind because sometimes i get a little you know i know more than you kind of an idea 
Um, but especially in Iowa, especially with O line, you know, <laughs> I don't know more than any of these guys uh, in anything. Um, so I'm just going to try to have an open mind, at least working out and talking with Coach Polisek and everyone. And they're thinking tackle, Mason? Yes, yes, I believe so. Um, so the history of Iowa on the offensive line had to be attractive attractive to you. Do you, uh, do you know much about that? Did you look at that when you were looking at Iowa? Right, right. So, you know, I mean, how, you, know, you don't want to go to a school um, that doesn't exactly have a good rep, rep, reputation um, with the position they want you to play. Right. Um, so they kind of – you know, they showed me the the meeting room, and they had all the, you know, Marshall Yonda and uh, uh, Brandon Sheriff and all those guys, and they're like, yeah, these guys didn't even play O line when they first came in, and uh, <laughs> look at them now. And uh, Robert Gallery, um, he was a they had uh, they have their consensus consensus All American wall um, in their facility, and uh, him and uh, Brandon Sheriff were on there, um, and that was really cool to see. You know that they they produce really good football players that even go, you know, on to great pro careers. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of a big thing. You know, obviously I was known for tight ends too, but um, definitely the O-line tradition and um, what they bring with it was definitely a big factor for me. Yeah. As many of our listeners and people listening to this podcast know that I was – I've been around since the, since the Robert Gallery days and before. I actually covered the last two years of hate Coach Fry and then all of Coach Ferentz. So. Wow. That'll wow. give you an idea that when you see me in person, you'll see from the gray hair that I'm old. Well, let's just say experience. <laughs> I don't like to say old about yeah, anyone, thank especially. You. So. <laughs> thank you, Mason. You're making a good impression. Um, <laughs> so I also looked at your offer list. I saw Dartmouth on there and Princeton. So obviously you take school very seriously. What uh, What's the study plan academically in college? Um. So as of now, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a major in, I think, sports management and recreation, um, which is just kind of like being general managers and, you know, managers of parks and everything. Um, but that's uh, that's the plan for me as of now. Um, you know, obviously going in a semester early, you know, I get a couple, take a couple classes and get my hours in um, and get an advantage, maybe getting graduated in three-ish years or um, earlier than everyone else. So, um, you know. Just a plan like that and uh, just see how it goes, at least, and kind of have an open mind there, too. I'm not exactly undecided, but, you know, yeah, I'll, I got plenty of time, I think, to decide um, what I want to do after Iowa. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, where is Stillwell, Kansas? <laughs> where is Stillwell? Yeah, um, in relationship yeah, see... to towns that we may know better. <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, that's what I say with – Everyone is like, oh, yeah, I'm from Iowa. I'm from Tipton or other places. I'm like, I have no idea where you're talking about right now. I only know Iowa City and Des Moines and Ames. Um, but uh, no, Stillwell is, I mean, every, and that's what my recruiting things say because that's where Blue Valley High is. And, you okay. know, I'm, I'm technically from Leewood, Kansas. Um, I'll let you know that. But uh, no, in relation to like Kansas City, um, Leewood's about like 30 minutes south of there. Um, really great suburbs. And I mean, it's, I'm really blessed in the places I live, um, you know, cause I, and I'm really fortunate to be where I am at least, uh, location wise, cause, um, it's a good town and, uh, everyone here is so nice and, you know, uh, but Stillwell is just a 10 minute drive from at least my house to get to Blue Valley. So that it's on the North edge of Stillwell, but 
like I said, uh, most people know Kansas City, and it's like Leewood's like 30 minutes south of there. Um, I'm looking at the, uh, I just Googled it and it looks like, uh, 31,000 is the population and it's in Johnson County. So you're going from Johnson County, Kansas to Johnson Johnson County, County, Iowa. Iowa. You're right. Yeah. No, I, when I figured that out too, I thought that was hilarious. You know, I'm like, wait, someone's like Johnson County. I go, aren't you talking about the Kansas one? (laughs) But I didn't realize that. No, uh, Leewood. Yeah. Leewood's 31,000, um, people, you know, Overland Park is the big, big town around here too it's like two hundred thousand people that's the at least second biggest city in kansas um so they're basically the exact same kind of place so yeah that's where i'm at right now yeah i'm looking at it on the map yep shawnee <laughs> Oakland park yep i, I yep. know where you are now all right perfect because <laughs> my uh my in-laws live in clinton missouri which is oh yeah terribly far from where you guys are it's no, down by no, uh really lake truman yep yep um so what do uh, what do you do when you're not? Uh, we're going to get to know you a little bit here. Some, okay. Some not invasive questions, but more right. from <laughs> uh, the athletic realm. Uh, no, I understand. <laughs> what What do you do when you're not playing sports? What are your, some of your hobbies? What are some of the things you like to do with friends? Things like that. Um, you know, so I'd say when I'm not doing sports, at least you know, obviously I'll be at home sometimes. You know, getting. Some video game time in, some Netflix and everything. Um, but when I'm with my friends, you know, we we go out. We're pretty we're pretty adventurous. Um, you know, we just kind of take whatever the night wherever the night goes and um, just kind of work with it. Um, like I don't know, the other day we took cola bottles and um, Mentos and you know threw them off our uh, houses at least, and you know did a not science experiment, but just for fun. Um, we just have a really good time and, uh, sometimes we'll golf. Um, I'm big into, yeah, golf, you know, football itself, you know, we just play, we just mess around with that. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, I think I, I, I think we, we love food. I hang out with the the big guys and we (laughs) probably go to dinner every time we hang out somewhere. What's my favorite food? Yeah. What's your go-to? My go-to. Let's see. Um, well, there's a there's a restaurant here called Maggiano's, and that's it's really good Italian food. Right on. Um, so I, that's my favorite restaurant per se, but I think my favorite food, um, probably just, um, let's see. I, I I mean, obviously, me being on the side of the I love a lot of food, and I hate <laughs> and I don't hate it, but when people ask to verify, um, I'd probably say lobster or crab. I'm a big seafood guy, um, and you know. When we get it, and it's only like a couple of times a year, maybe, um, but it's it's really good, and I love it. Sushi, sushi, I'm big into that too. What about you? What's your favorite food? Yeah, we can hang out, man. You're right. You're going right down my alley. We went. My, yeah. I took my family out to Maine this summer, and all I did is eat freaking. Ooh. I ate lobster all yes. right out of the ocean. It was yes. You know the mussels and crabs and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. We, that sounds we awesome. I want to go to Maine. That sounds awesome. Killed all that. And I will give you, they don't advertise with us, but I'm going to give them a plug anyway. Oyama Sushi here in Iowa City. It's on the, I live on the east side of town. Okay. It's the, you're going to hear a lot of different people will direct you in different areas for sushi right. in Iowa City. <laughs> right. Oyama is where you want to be. Right. Um, me and my dad, when we were up there, um, at least at the camp, you know, we asked, the coaches were like, where's a good place to go eat here? You know, we kind of do that at the places we go and trying to remember where we went. Um, 
Was it? It wasn't sushi though, right? Was it like? No, it was like pizza or something like that in town. And um, yeah, I can't. I don't think Coach Ferentz, either Brian or Kirk, are much into sushi. Would be right, my... right. I'm sure not. You know, they're probably <laughs> used to the the stuff up there. But Oyama, I'll, I'll make sure to remember that once I get up there. Yeah, that's what that's where you want to go. And okay. I probably <laughs> know the answer to this, but what happens when you throw a bottle of Coke with a Mentos off of a building? Um, so. Uh, you know, Mentos and Coke, they don't really mix well per se. Um, so like imagine shaking up a two liter bottle of Coke, like times infinity. Um, so once you drop it off there, it impacts the ground. It kind of shoots right back up in the air, kind of like a rocket. Um, so I don't know. That was just, that was just an example of some of the stuff that we do when we're, I don't know, bored per se, but on a typical Friday night, um, in, in Leewood, Kansas out here, nothing else to do. (laughs) So when you get here, Mason, are you going? Are you rooming with Gavin and uh, and and Elijah? Is that kind of the plan that the three of you guys are together, or how's that work? Um, I'm not sure about Gavin. I think you know. I I didn't even know. You know, I knew Elijah was rooming because um, he was for sure. I heard, you know, a couple months ago, Gavin was unsure, and um, just getting the confirmation that he was coming was really good to hear. Um, but I'm rooming with Elijah. But I think if they have a three person bedroom, that would be awesome um obviously to have all three of us in the same room um i don't know some dorms have that but um you know i'm rooming with elijah for sure though um once we get up there next week what's the vibe with this class man what you know you guys as a group how how do you guys get along what uh how's the connection uh i think the connection's um pretty good um for kids coming from different areas um you know, we'll, we'll like text each other, you know, go Hawks or whatever on the Saturdays and before games and stuff. And then, you know, sending updates during the game and everything. Um, you know, I think obviously Deuce is kind of a big um, face of this class um, being as highly recruited and popular as he is. Quarterbacks, um, man. Right. I know. Get all the love. We just protect <laughs> him and whatever. Um, but uh, no, we got we have really big goals and um, I think everyone is, you know, ready to work and just kind of have a team first mentality at least. And can't everyone just keeps saying, you know, can't wait to get up there. And me, Elijah and Gavin are like, well, we're basically already up here already. And you guys got to hurry up, you know, um, <laughs> but like, you know, we're talking big 10 championships and everything. You know, we, we have big goals in mind um, for this class, at least to be at least the best um, that we can be um, and get the most out of this group with such great guys. Now you got to like hearing that Hawkeye fans that these guys are coming <laughs> in here on a mission and uh, looking forward to keeping what uh, the, the senior class that, that's leaving Iowa, you know, went from eight wins to nine wins to 10 wins. And I, this thing's moving in the right direction. So you guys are getting on board at the right time. And uh, exactly right. I think this is, uh, I think good things are ahead here in the next decade. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big goals. Well, We'll end it there, Mason. Uh, I appreciate you taking this much time for us, and, and hopefully this gives uh, Iowa fans a little bit of a insight into uh, you and, and you know, kind of how you ended up here and, and what you're looking forward to getting done here. And uh, we wish you the best, and uh, we'll see you on the other side, as they say. Yep, thanks, Rob. I really enjoyed this. This is probably one of the coolest, you know, things I've done. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. It's awesome. I appreciate it, Mason. You have a great day.